0: Thanks for tuning in to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded live in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. For more information, visit banner.church today. Enjoy the message.
1: Well, good morning. Good morning. I know, I think we have some, Bismarck, are you translating this service? Okay, buenos dias, anybody's translating? Thank you, Bismarck. Can we thank Bismarck this morning? Okay, buenos dias. Glad you guys are here this morning. Uh, we are excited for our new series, and uh, it's called So Much More. Someone say, So Much More. So much more. So much more. We're excited. Uh, uh, for myself, we're, we're not just uh, launching this as a Sunday thing. This is really the whole direction for the church heading into the summer. So, Easter is not like a, a landing spot for us, it is a launch pad. Wow for us as a church. We're launching into believing great things. I'll give you an example. Uh, We're we're talking about, and we'll be talking about for basically four to, actually five weeks total, five weeks total, we'll be talking about so much more for your identity, so much more for your family, so much more for your marriage, and so much more for your future. And we have small groups, which actually, I believe next week Small groups launch next week. We have small groups uh, based around a lot of those. uh, The Barry's and Katie and myself, we're going to be doing a group so much more for your family. And I really want to encourage you that if you are a family with children to join this small group because we're going to help you develop a family discipleship plan. I don't know if you know this, but there are many influences wanting to disciple your children Disney has a discipleship plan for your children. The world has a discipleship plan for your children. So if you're going into the battle without a discipleship plan, you're the only one unarmed. So I want to encourage you to come, and we're going to develop a family discipleship plan really to empower uh, one another to, to grow and strengthen in that. We have some amazing stuff as well. Maybe you can't, you're, you're a family, you can't come to that group on Wednesday night. We're actually going to have these family discipleship boxes, these so much more boxes yeah. that our team is going to be handing out that will equip you and empower you. We got all kinds of stuff that's happening. Really incredible small groups. I know uh, the Weddles, you guys have a small group that's going to to be launching. I think uh, Jan and Tristan, you guys have a group as well. There's there's a there's a bunch of really really good ones. Um, so I want to encourage you to engage over those specifically those first five weeks. Commit to it because we're going to believe God for so much more for your life and your family. And honestly, we are really really excited. So uh, before I jump into the message, before we go into meals with Jesus. Uh, I want to invite someone very special just to share very briefly. Some of you might know Faith Russell. She is one of our missionaries in Serbia, incredibly talented. And would you invite her to share with us this morning what God is doing? That's her sister.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much. Yeah, you guys probably know my sister best, this haven. She's cool. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, guys. I will try and speak slowly because of translation. (laughs) I tend to talk fast. Uh, As Josh said, I've been a missionary in Serbia. I've been serving for five years there. Um, So it's really been a blessing to come back and share what God has been doing. Um, I'm just really reminded of the scriptures where it says that Jesus had compassion on the crowds when he saw them because they were wandering and lost like sheep without a shepherd. So he turned to his disciples and said, plead with the Lord of the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. Plead with the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into the harvest. So I've gotten to um, serve in Serbia where there's less than 1% evangelical Christians. And we have been blown away with how God has answered prayers and really faithfully fulfilled the prayers of um, small seeds and small steps. Uh, Last time when I was here, I got to share with you guys that we were praying for youth ministry to restart in our church as there were a couple of high schoolers who were hanging out with the middle schoolers because they didn't have any other place. And now I get the honor of leading it with two of our national believers who, yeah, Buen and Vanya, Haven knows them. (laughs) And they each take on three or four of the kids to disciple individually. So our entire youth group is being covered with independent mentorship where we encourage them to take their next step wherever that is we have one girl who doesn't believe in God but she wants to come and she wants to hear more we've got another kid who wants to reach her friends and we're telling her how to do it how to go further we've got other kids who are struggling with their faith because they grew up in the church and they don't know if it's their own so thank you guys for your prayers we are seeing them at work we're seeing kids hungry we're seeing kids in the whole community searching for God Um, So this year, we said, we got to get out into the community more, and we want to do an evangelistic English camp. The kids love to speak English and learn, so uh, me and my team said, we we need a lot of help, but no matter what's happening, we believe that God is calling us to this at this point. So we want to invite you guys, if you're interested in coming and serving with us, uh, we can talk about that later, exactly what it looks like, depending on who can go and and, uh, how quickly. But uh, I just wanna invite you to continue praying with me for what God is doing over there. Um, if you have more questions about Serbia, I have only have a short time. Uh, my parents and I would love to invite, you, and Haven, would love to invite you to join us for lunch after service at Maro, Baro? Baro. Baro. <laughs> Pizza. I'm not from Arizona, <laughs> Baro Pizza. And we can answer some questions. Also, if you wanna leave your email on the sign-up sheet in the back, then I can put you on the newsletter and keep you in touch with what's going on. Grab a card. Be celebrating with us what God's doing in Serbia.
1: Let's, let's pray together this morning. Lord, we thank you for faith. We thank you for what you're doing through her ministry and, and the anointing that you've put on her life. God, we pray for even more. God, we pray for abundance. We pray for health. We pray for just rejoicing in victory in the name of Jesus. Uh, We pray as she even travels, God, that you would watch over her and guide her. God, we pray for opportunity with these young people like never before. And we pray you would give these young people vision to go out to their cities and to their nation like never before and spread the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ amen can we thank faith this morning (laughs) amen always encouraging right if you support kingdom builders i want to say thank you thank you for being a part of what god is doing around the world and it makes a difference it makes a difference and sometimes it's important to see what god is doing amen Amen. Well, we are in our Meals with Jesus series. We'll conclude next week at one of the most important meals with Jesus as we talk about Palm Sunday and Passover, but today I actually kind of want to go back a little bit in Scripture and hit something that happened during a meal that we already talked about. So if you were here when Chandler spoke on Luke chapter 14, how many of you heard that message? It was incredible. Amen? Amen. If you have not listened to that message, seriously, go back online and listen to that, like, today, and it will bless your life. Absolutely incredible, incredible message. Um, but if you didn't know this, often at meals with Jesus, when he's having meals, he says a lot of stuff, and we can't always cover Everything, But I, I felt we'd be remiss if we moved on and, and didn't hit this. So I, I wanted to go back because I think it really speaks to us today as we prepare for Easter, right? Easter, literally what? We have Palm Sunday next week and then Easter. It's getting here fast, fast. That's why we're doing team night tonight because we want to gather as a team and be prepared for Easter because we're getting the house ready. Right? You ever got your house ready for guests be weird if like you didn't show up on time and nothing was clean, you didn't know what was doing, and then you're like, yeah, we're going to start the roast, it'll be ready in six hours, right? So we want to be ready, prepared, so we're going to gather, but a couple weeks, but I want to take some time today to reflect on Luke chapter 14, but we're going to be in verse 15. Now, if you were here when Chandler spoke, he talked about uh, this feast, this dinner that was happening at a Pharisee's house and they were all fighting for a place of honor. They were all fighting to move up in seating order, and Jesus messes with them, and in a good way, points them towards what is actually important, and to who he actually values, and it messes with them, because he points to people who would be socially on the outside, and says, hey, you should you should care about them. And so it would be safe to say that there's a bit of tension at this dinner. And I don't know if you've ever been somewhere where there's tension, like maybe someone got scolded and then it's just quiet. There's always one person that feels like they have to break the quiet and, be, and like maybe make a joke or move it on. Like, I don't is there anybody who you just, you can't handle tension? Like if there's tension, you got to say, hey, you got to say something, you got to do something, tell a joke, maybe bring up a book, you know, or something, Right anything to get out of that moment. That's kind of where we take it right now in verse 15. It's like Jesus has kind of just scolded the Pharisees. It's kind of like, you know, you know, someone yelled at somebody at the dinner table, and everyone's sitting there like, good soup, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so someone's got to break the tension. Here we are, verse 15. If you brought your Bibles open, to verse 15. I'm going to open my Bible here. Luke 14, verse 15. It says, when those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, so when those at the table heard what Jesus just spoke, it says, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Can't handle the tension, so he just yells out, blessed is everyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God. It says, But he said to him, meaning Jesus, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who have been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. It says, The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. I mean, that's, that's reasonable. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and there is still room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, None of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive and active. And we pray that our hearts would be open to you speaking today. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's look at that if you have your Bible. I want to kind of jump verse to verse and explain what's happening. Verse 15, someone yells out at the party, as they're all sitting around, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. I mean, I'm a bread fan, so I'm with him. Praise be the carbs of the kingdom, right? (laughs) May we never gain weight from them, right? But he yells out, (laughs) blessed be those who eat bread. Let me let me explain it this way. Um, my wife and I have been over the past two months remodeling our house, and then we sold our house, and then we bought another house, and now we're going to move the week of Easter, which if you're a pastor is the perfect time to move. Nothing says we got plenty of time for this than closing on a Monday Uh, of Easter week, of Holy Week. If you didn't know, Easter's a big deal to us. Um, So it's been a little crazy, the remodel, and as we've been walking through the remodel, we've kind of had this thought to ourselves like, when we get the new house, we're going to have a party. How many of you like parties? Right, we're like, we're going to have a party. And so we kind of have this little mantra that's given us hope. Like, yes, it's hard now. Yes, our kids are frustrated because they can't do anything fun. If you've ever sold a house, then you know. You sell the house. Then you live in the house for like three to four weeks, but you can't do anything fun because you can't break anything. It's like an Airbnb with really high consequences, right? Because like you still own it, but they want it, and they own it. It's, It's weird, right? So we've been living in this space, and we have this mantra like, We're going to have a party. We're going to invite everybody to come to our new house and celebrate and party. And that, like, gives us hope. Someday we're going to have a party, and, like, we won't have to work on our house at all. We won't have to move. We won't have to docu-sign another thing. Lord, help us. May God have mercy upon us. We don't want to sign another piece of paper. I don't even know what I'm signing now. I just sign it, right? That's the phase I'm at. It's like, it's like, will you, yeah, whatever. And I'm gonna show up and they're gonna own my car too. I don't even know now, right? But we have this phrase this was a bit what it was like, but at a much grander scale for the Jewish people. The Jewish people had this belief that the Messiah was going to come and they were going to have a huge banquet for all of the religious devout uh, people of Israel. It was going to be a big celebration together. Let me give you an example. Lots of prophecies. I'll, I'll give you one. Isaiah 25, 6 says, On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich full food of marrow, of aged wine well refined. He mentions wine twice. You know it's going to be a party, right? (laughs) He says, I'm going to throw this banquet. When the Messiah comes, he says, he'll swallow up death. He'll wipe away tears. He's the one we're waiting for. And so the Jewish people had this expectation that someday the Messiah would come. And this is what the person's yelling out. Jesus is teaching about the kingdom. And basically the guy yells out from the back, that'll be great when that happens someday. To which Jesus says, "Uh, well, yes and no. (laughs) Because the person yelling out is not just being super spiritual. They're saying, that'll be great when it happens finally. But Jesus responds with the parable. What does the parable say? Well, let's talk about this. The parable is meant to show the present reality of the kingdom of God. So in verse 16, it says, a man gave a banquet. Jesus begins to teach. A man gave a banquet, and he invited many. And the ancient Near East custom of invitation was you'd send out an RSVP, basically, and then you'd send out a second invitation where it's like, hey, come to the party now. So you would send out, someone would RSVP, they'd get on the list, and then you'd send out your servant and you'd say, hey, the party is ready. Come, let, let's eat, let's celebrate. I apparently have wine and aged wine and food. Let, let's, let's get down, Right. And so we see in verse 17, he sends the servant to gather those who are on the list. He says, everything's ready. But in verse 18 through 20, what do we see? That people have excuses. This is probably the most relatable part of the parable, right? This is the most relatable part. You said you were going to come. But now you th- something better has come along and you don't want to come, right? You don't want to be a part of the party. Nothing speaks into, I feel like, this generation of time more than this. I don't know if you guys live this. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Then you're this person, right? If you don't know about people bailing on plans, you're like, let's just normalize doing whatever you want. No, let's not. Let- let's normalize committing and doing the things you said you would do, Right? <laughs> Uh, How many of you live in this space? I I always crack this up. Men, men do this, and it's so funny. We'll plan something like three months out. We'll text like a month out. Like, all right, we good to go? And then like day before, we'll get the like, oh, sorry, man, my wife made plans. You understand, right? I'm like, no. No, I don't. (laughs) I don't understand. Because either you don't lead your family and therefore have no idea what's going on. That's not a good look right or you don't know how to operate a calendar which that doesn't speak highly of yourself right or you don't value our time as other men enough to have fulfilled the thing you committed to so yeah i mean that's great you're sorry but i mean we're not all like yeah we totally understand it's like you just you know either doesn't lead his family can't use a calendar or doesn't care about us that totally makes sense we're cool with that right but we live in a culture where that's what people do right Day of, they're like, ah, man, I I got something going on. I got something better going on. The only guy I could reasonably give an excuse for is the guy who said, hey, man, I just got married, and, you know, I got my own party going on. (laughs) I don't don't, want to hang out with a bunch of dudes. I got, got stuff to do. But the point of it is, Jesus says, he made excuses. They made excuses, right? And we've all been there. Some of us have even done that. We're like, yeah. Yeah, I've been there. And so what happens is, the servant tells his master, they're not coming. The master is upset, like they were on the list. I thought, you know, they were going to come. He said, no, not coming. He says, okay, fine. Go out and get the outcasts. What do you mean? He says, go out and get the poor, the hurting, the broken. Get out. Go to the social outcasts. At the time, people who were under chronic illness or people who were uh, in a low social or economic, maybe they were poor, were usually not invited to these big things. So he's saying, Go out to the outcast and bring them in. And the servant says, I already did that. Which, if you're like, if you have an employee, that's the best thing you wanna hear. You're like, hey, go do this. Like, oh, we did it. And there's still room. He's like, "Oh, there's still room. OK? Now go out even further. Go out of your community, go to the people who weren't even initially invited and bring them in. Compel them to be in. Basically, like urge them to come in. They're not going to think they're allowed to, but just tell them, "No, no, no you can come in." And he says something in verse 23. He says, "The house will be filled because the master refuses it for, refuses for it to be empty. It says, it will be filled. But by the nature of their own decision, those who were previously invited will now be excluded. Is it because the master doesn't want them to come in? No. They just said no. And the consequence of saying no, I'm not going to be there, is not being there. It's kind of like <laughs> pretty direct. Like, how could he not let me in? Well, you said no, and then you didn't show up. <laughs> Why wasn't I invited? No, you were. You just didn't, you didn't show up, right? And so we have this parable that on the surface has, is speaking, obviously, directly to the Jewish people that, that Jesus is engaging with. And is on the surface showing that this story of a master inviting outsiders to a party because those who had previously been on the list and invited rejected it when the time came. But there is a deeper meaning in a parable. We talk about this. Parables have, on the surface, have a meaning. Then they have a deeper meaning. And often a parable is a really creative way to show contrast. In most parables, you usually see some kind of contrast. So there is a contrast here between expectation and reality. Someone say reality. There is a contrast between expectation and reality. So there's a Jewish expectation. What is the expectation? Well, the expectation for the Jewish people is that there will be someday a banquet for the religious devout. They're like, it's going to happen. It's coming someday soon. That's why he says, oh, it's going to be so great when we're all in the kingdom eating bread. Right? (laughs) Meaning when we're all feasting and eating of the life of the kingdom. When we, us, religiously pious, us amazingly good people are in the kingdom. And then there's this contrasting moment where Jesus is like, ah, you might not be there. Right? Are you with me? There's a sharp contrast of a kingdom reality. There's a kingdom reality present in this parable. Let me give you a couple kingdom realities. The first reality is that the kingdom has come. The kingdom has come. This this is what Jesus has been teaching. He was like, Oh, it's going to be great someday. He's like, No, bro, someday is now. Like, I'm literally here eating bread with you, right? It's like looking at your present wife and being like, Man, it's going to be great to be married someday. It's like, No, I'm literally here, man. Like, with you, (laughs) currently, presently with you. This is what Jesus has been teaching. Matthew 4, 17 says, From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Messiah wasn't far off. He was right there, like sharing a glass and some, you know, crispy bread. He was right there, eating with them. In fact, Jesus, in his ministry, goes into the synagogue and opens up the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and reads this. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Verse 20 says, He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Basically, it's here. The day, not someday. Today it's here. But like the invitees to the party, they made excuses. Oh, no, I can't, can't be. Can't, it doesn't look like we expect. Next week we're going to talk about what they expected. But there's another reality. The party is happening. The Messiah is here. Here's the reality. You can receive or reject the Messiah, but he's here regardless. Yeah. It's like, well, I want to reject him and receive everything that comes from him. No, it's just you receive or reject. You receive or you, re- you reject. And so there's another reality that Jesus is teaching to the Pharisees. The banquet. Probably won't look like they expect because they're expecting these very pious religious Jewish people and what he's saying is actually it's going to be full of social outcasts. It's going to be full of outsiders. It's going to be full of the sick, the poor. It's going to be full of prostitutes. It's going to be full of tax collectors. It's going to be full of everyone you think is unclean. And beyond that he like nukes their brain with this one. He's like, there's going to be people beyond that which we should all be thankful for unless you're Jewish. Then you you were already in. See, I'm not. So I'm one of the people he talks about in this part. He says go beyond. Go out of your community to who? It's the Gentiles. Non-Jewish people. They're probably like, (laughs) right? What? Right? This is where the parable is like, they're just lost in the haze. Like, we're never going to dinner with this guy again, right? But there's another reality. He says the house will be full. Some might miss it, but the table, the house, the party is going to be full. Hear me. The work of the kingdom is the restoration of God's children back into relationship with him. Are you with me? All of them. Everyone, every nation Isaiah 11.10 If you want a good verse, write down Isaiah 11.10 You'll know in a second It says, in that day, the root of Jesse That's the Messiah, Jesus Christ Who shall stand as a banner for the peoples Man, that'd be a great name for a church (laughs) Of him Of him shall the And a hospital Of him shall the nations inquire And his resting place Shall be glorious Hear me the mission doesn't stop because it's rejected it will be fulfilled the gospel will be preached heaven will be filled and god will be glorified that's a strong reality in contrast to yeah someday that'll be nice he's like "Mm, i think it's happening now but what does that mean for you and i what does that mean for us? What, is, what, what are we learning as, as we're reading this parable, as we're seeing Jesus interact with others, what does it mean? What does it teach us? It teaches us the reality of the kingdom, and it invites us to awaken to and participate in that reality. Let me read, you, let me read this to you again. This parable teaches us the present reality of God's kingdom and invites us to awaken to and participate in that reality. Do we have any procrastinators here? Anybody who is a procrastinator? You save things for later. Some of you are like going to raise your hand driving home. That's how much of a procrastinator you are. You're like, yeah. It just took me a while. <laughs> I had a friend growing up who was a procrastinator, and he uh, Uh, We we did everything together. We you know this was back in the day. We snuck out of school to go see Star Wars together. Like we played in sports together. Some of you don't laugh at that. That was amazing. You sneak out of school in the sixth grade to see Star Wars. You feel like a god. (laughs) (laughs) Please hear my joking tone if you think I just committed sacrilege. Uh, (laughs) uh, We did everything, and uh, we went to community college together, and uh, because we wanted to save money but still wanted to go to college. And so we were in Washington, and we went to community college, and we had the same classes. And I called him one day, and I said, hey, man, where, what's up? And he said, oh, I just woke up. And I said, where are you? And he said, I'm in my bed. I said, I just woke up. And I said, oh, well, what about the final? And he said, well, I'm feeling good about that. I was studying all night. I think I'll be set. And I said, no, the final is Now click, (laughs) right, Right? cut to him shuffling in 20 minutes late to take this final, and uh, even at community college, that doesn't fly, right, I don't, I don't know what he did, but he is a really good friend of mine, but he lived with a someday mentality, someday I'll do that, someday I'll get to that, someday, like everything was always a week away, even if it was happening today, right, (laughs) Someday I'll, I'll, I'll do this Someday I'll, I'll make it happen Some of us we think about the kingdom that way It's far off It's someday 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 God will move Someday Jesus will be No, it's today Church, we need to rethink the way we think Or, wow Sure We need to rethink the way we see the kingdom I'm going to give you a couple things. I want to encourage you. I haven't put encouraging words. Banquet's a nice word, but we don't use banquet. so let me give you a different word. The party is here. Yeah, that's right. yeah. It's here. The party is set. The party is happening. The DJ is going. Salvation has come to the earth. Yeah. Jesus came to the earth because God so loved you. That he took your sins upon himself. He bore your transgressions upon the cross. He died for your sins. And he went to the grave for you. And then he rose again. Because he has power over death. Over hell. Over the grave. And he invites you to the resurrection and life. Into new life. Through him, and he says, "Come in and eat at the party, at the banquet, at the feast. Come in and look, and the tables. I mean, I, I like I like some good Easter food. I like ham. I like those like sliced up potato. I mean, I'll eat anything if I'm being honest. You can pile it up with whatever you want. Some Chinese food, maybe some like uh, some ramen, maybe burritos, whatever. I'm, I like food, but the table of God." It's not covered in ramen, burritos, and ham. <laughs> it's covered in hope. There are piles of hope in the banquet of God. There are piles of healing. There are piles of freedom just mounded up like the Lost Boys. You remember that in, a, not, not the movie Lost Boys, but you remember in Peter Pan when they like imagine, or Hook, Hook when they imagine the food. They imagine the food. is just like piles. There's, it's piled up hope and healing, and freedom. It's piled up with purpose and love. And yes, there is a greater feast to come at the end someday when Jesus returns. But there is a feast today through Jesus Christ. A feast of hope and healing and freedom. And the invitation has gone out to you. And it says, come in and eat. Feast on the goodness of God. The table is open for you. The doors are open for you. The work is done. Salvation is here. The question is not if hope is here. The question is not if freedom is here. The question is, will you come in and receive it? Some of us, Some of you are stuck looking for hope in tomorrow, when it is here today. You're looking for hope in tomorrow and a someday, but hope is here for you now today. Often we get stuck. And the excuses why we aren't willing to engage with hope and healing. We say, well, someday, someday I'll, I'll come around, but now I wanna go live. I wanna go do the things I wanna do. I'm just too busy. I was talking to someone recently, they're just like, man, I don't know. It just seems like God doesn't want me to have any fun. And I thought, what an odd thing to say that claiming that freedom in Christ is too restricting. It's almost like claiming, it's almost like a prisoner (laughs) claiming that, man, I would come out of prison, but if I come out, it's so restricting. You can't murder or rape or steal. It's so restricting. I just want to be free to do whatever I want. It's like, yeah, but those are the things destroying you and others. Like, yeah, but I want to be able to do them or else I feel trapped. It's like, no, you're already trapped. (laughs) You're already stuck, and you might not even know it. It's freedom, freedom from your, for your heart, freedom for your soul, freedom for your spirit, freedom for your family, from the lies, from the depression, from the anxiety, from the pride, from the chains of the enemy. It's freedom. Some of us waiting for a season or a break. I know many people, right? We're just, we're waiting for the right time. Listen, I'm just too busy right now for Jesus, Can I tell you, if you're hearing that, God is calling to you in the middle of your busy because it is likely that the very thing that is keeping you busy, he needs you to surrender to him because it has become a God in your life. Your job. Have a good job. Work hard. But it cannot be the God of your life. It cannot save your soul. So he speaks into the middle of the busyness of your job and says, do you really think this is going to save you? Your life, your family, everything. We have all these excuses. When I get the job, yeah. When I get the husband, yeah. When I get the money, yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to engage in this. Then, you know, when I have kids, when I have kids, I'm gonna, I'm going to bring them to church because I want them to be good people. They won't be because they're following your example. And they're going to follow the hope that they see you living with. And it's a shame to come so near the table but not eat from it. To sit outside the door calling the scraps that might fall from the table freedom. When Jesus has called you inside freely to receive hope through him. But he's saying the party is now. The call is now. Are you still with me, church? Church, we need to rethink the way we see the kingdom Because the party will be packed. This might be the most I've ever said the word party in a sermon. We're not even done. The party will be packed. You ever showed up to a party early, and you're the only person other than the host there? That's a sketchy moment. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Like, you show up early, and it's just you and somebody you kind of know, and they're like, well, I guess it's just us eating 150 chicken wings. (sighs) Like, okay, here we are. That's why everyone shows up to parties late. <laughs> is that why you show up to church late, you're just making sure more people are coming? I can't tell. Maybe that's what everyone's waiting for. <laughs> but wait, if you ever showed up to a party and, like, no one's there, you're like, oh, my good, am I in the right place? Am I, is there a party here, right? Can I just encourage you, the party of the kingdom of God will be packed. In verse 23, the master says, my house will be filled. That's not a desire, that's a decree. There are the, the desires of the God of God. He desires that you would come in and have relationship. He decrees it will be filled. The table will be full. The offer is too good to go empty. The table is too abundant to go uneaten. The table will be full. But by who? Let me give you a secret. The table will be filled with those who are not chained. pride, who are not burdened by the lies of busy and self-righteousness. The table of heaven will be full of the outcasts of earth. Hear me. The table of heaven will be surrounded by those that the world has put at the edges, has sent to the fringes, has set our outsiders. Why? Because when you're outside, you recognize the true nature of freedom and hope and love. If you live under a myth of inside and making it and good enough, you think you have it. But when you truly recognize the complete outcast nature of yourself, even imposed by the world, you begin to understand how good. It's like the sick person who truly appreciates health in their body. It's like the drowning person who, upon being dragged up on the sand, kisses the sand and holds it and embraces the earth itself. It's like the man trapped in a dark dungeon who upon finally being released does nothing but go and stand and feel the warmth of the sun upon his face. It's like the starving child who for the first time is nourished with food truly and completely. There is something about being outside that doesn't disqualify you. It actually makes you better at recognizing the goodness of God. Because there's no false sense of pride To cloud your eyes It's the hurting It's the broken It's the outcast Jesus calls to And sends his servants to He says compel them Now People have used that as an excuse To force people to go to church (laughs) And that's not right (laughs) So if someone has used that To like make you go to church That's not it But there is a compelling Why? Because it's often the religious who give an excuse Why they are unwilling to engage In the work of the kingdom But it's the outsider who gives the excuse Of why they are unworthy To engage in the kingdom Come on, you know what I'm talking about Like, pfft, yeah, that's great, pastor You say there's a table of goodness But, uh, man, I stink Look at my sin Like, I I gotta it's, It's on me and man, if I really came to the table, if I really brought it all, whew, I don't even think this church would want me, let alone the table. We begin to make excuses. We begin to, and again, I'm not saying excuses as a way to put you down, just to recognize what we do in our spirit. Are you with me? Yeah. We begin to excuse away. We begin to say things like, man, that's too much for me. That's not for me. That can't, I, I can't come in. That, I, I don't even, I can't even conceptualize a table of freedom and hope. But can I encourage you? You are exactly who Jesus came to love. Right. Exactly who. It wasn't someone else and you. You didn't get thrown in in the deal. You're exactly who Jesus came to love. It says in Luke 19, 10, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. If you're feeling lost today, you're in the right spot because He came for you. It says in Mark 2, 17, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners. In fact, right now, would you do me a favor? We're just going to pause right at the five-eighths of the way through, whatever we are. (laughs) Would you just bow your heads with me in this moment? Everyone, bow your heads with me. I went to the end to do this, and I just thought, man, let's just stop right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, If you're here today and you have never experienced the love of Jesus and you need God to do a miracle in your life today and you're willing to say, I surrender my heart to you, Jesus. I need hope for my future and healing from my past. I've tried it on my own, I've tried it by my own power, but I need you. I want to come in and eat from the table of hope. Healing and freedom If that's you Would you do this today As a moment of recognition To say yes to Jesus Would you just lift your hand up And put it back down Every eye closed, every head bowed You're saying, Jesus, I need you as my Lord and Savior Let's pray together today Before we continue, one more moment Jesus, I thank you That if anyone is in you They are a new creation The old is gone, the new has come And I pray for the person who right now is disqualifying themselves. I pray you would speak to their heart and say, I have called you, my son, my daughter, into relationship with me. And I do not shame you, but I receive you, and I give to you today hope and healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate the Lord this morning? Let's give him a praise. Okay. I have one more. You ready? One more. This is for you who've already said that, who've already done that. This is for you. Church, we need to rethink the way we see the kingdom because filling the party is our priority. Filling the party is our priority. There's always priorities in life, lots of good things. My family's my priority, right? My, my community is my priority. Like, I got to, you know, do the laundry. That's a priority. I should probably wash clothes, right? I don't want to be stinky, right? I want to eat food. Going grocery shopping is a priority, right? It's all kinds of priorities in life. But can I encourage you that filling the party is our priority? There are many who will miss and reject not only the love of Jesus, but the mission and purpose of their life simply because they are too busy with other priorities in the parable it's not that they hated the master they just had better things to do they were too busy to come in and so they missed it the Pharisees were so concerned about themselves and their priorities that they missed it culturally we have this thing called FOMO FOMO F-O-M-O, the fear of missing out, right? I mean, I, I mostly blame social media because right? we're all consumers of invitation to a sense, but we're also distant, but people live with a fear of missing out. This is interesting as I think about salvation, salvation and new life. The invitation is open to everyone, but not everyone will be invited like wait what yes the invitation is open to everyone but not everyone will be invited where's the gap it's right here the gap is us as believers see everyone is invited but how will they get the invitation if you do not bring it to them are you with me are you awake are you hearing me how will they know they're invited unless we say, you're invited? Right. You, how will they even know there's a party? Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? Amen? How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Faith said the scripture this morning. Pray that God would send workers into the harvest field. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Church, we need to add another O into FOMO. We need like FUMO. F O O M O, fear of others missing out. Look at that parable. I'm a servant of Christ. I'm the guy who's supposed to be going out and getting people into the party. Honest question Who do you think should be responsible for telling your friends about Jesus? A mailer? Pastor, I sure do hope we do a mailer <laughs> so you can tell my friends where my church is. <laughs> they can wonder why I didn't tell them. A TV show? Like, man, if you just watched The Chosen, I'm just going to hope they find The Chosen. It's a great show and they'll find, they'll learn about Jesus and maybe a little Arabic. Maybe a stranger. Can I just ask? And hear me in this because I want to empower and encourage you today. Could it be that you have been called to love your neighbor as yourself? And could it be that if you have received salvation from death, hell, and the grave, if you have received the hope in life that comes through Jesus Christ, if you've received that, if you've loved yourself in that way, that you've allowed yourself to receive it, that we should not deny it to someone else? Could it be that you would not deny your own salvation, so why deny your neighbor's? Could it be that when you got to the party it wasn't to eat everything at the table but to be con- to consume to be full to be satisfied and go out and tell others about it? Could it be that God placed you around others in your life who need to hear of Jesus Christ? See the issue church is not to pray that we would be sent. God has already sent you. Let me break down a myth of Scripture today for you. He's already sent you. You know how I know? Because he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. You're like, well, what do I go with? The Holy Spirit. That's how I know. He gave you the Holy Spirit. You're like, ah, Lord, send. We don't need any more songs about sending. We need more songs about obedience. Yeah. It's not if God has sent you to your family. It's whether you will obey God. Will I obey God? And that's harder,' <laughs> just be real. It's scary. But he says, "I've given you the Holy Spirit. Can I just encourage you, man, when I got to the party, when I' discovered Christ, I noticed something. I'm like, man, this relationship with Jesus is amazing. I was a bitter, angry person who lived anxiously inside myself because I tried to be the God of myself. And guess what? I'm bad at being God. And so when I found Christ, I was like, man, it is great to not be a slave to anxiety and worry, to not be racked with bitterness and anger. And I looked around at the table, and I said, man, there's a lot of room here. There's a lot of room at the table. Have you looked around the table recently and thought, man, there's a lot of room here. Everywhere I look, I see a feast. I see blessing on the table. I see peace. I see Unconditional love. I see hope. I see healing. I see freedom. I see wisdom. I see an establishment of identity. I see authentic community. And I think to myself, I don't want to be the Scrooge McDuck of the kingdom of God. Right? Who wants to stand before God as the Scrooge McDuck of the kingdom of God? Like, wow, it looks like you really enjoyed yourself. Welcome. Hmm. (laughs) I'm sent out so that I can fill the kingdom. I was given the Holy Spirit power and authority to pray and see healing and lives changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So everyone can come in and feast at the table. Someone's got to know it. Last week, we had baptism and child dedication. Bismarck, if I go too fast, you just wave at me. I'm fired up about Jesus. So, okay. <laughs> okay, thank you, Bismarck. Last week, we had uh, baptism and child dedications. It was awesome, right? Were you here for that? Yeah. I was here for that. I work here. <laughs> we had baptism and child dedications. I was so encouraged because we had a family where the, where the mom got baptized, and then she dedicated her two kids. And I was like, oh, let's go. Amazing, amazing, amazing. But can I just say something? I look at these empty seats and I think something. You're like, well, of course you do. You're the pastor. It's not what it's about. I look at these empty seats and I think something. I think every seat represents somebody who needs to be in the party. Oh, yeah. Right? Like These aren't just empty seats to me. They represent every person who needs. Not, not for our pride. But for their joy Not for our glory But for God's Every one of these seats Can you just Can you look around for a second Every one of these seats Every one of these seats Represents Somebody Who I think Should be part of the party I did this I'm going to do it again Let me do this Uh, Gillian Give me that seat There we go Gillian works here Give it up for Gillian Awesome They got these patterns on them. I like them. I'm going to try not to break everything while I do this. I knocked a couple things over last service, but listen. This is not just an empty chair. This is somebody right here. When I see this chair, I don't see an empty chair. I see somebody who needs to be freed from addiction. When I see this chair, I see an alcoholic who needs to be radically transformed and freed from the hold of addiction upon their life. Look at me. Can can I have that one? Let's take that one. We're taking. We're taking all of them. We'll break them out. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're a missionary. You can do this. (laughs) This one right here this one. You know what I see when I see this chair? I don't see this empty chair. I don't see him folding up. I don't see him trying to get in a straight line. I see right here a family that needs to know the hope and healing of Jesus Christ. That's what I see. Look at the seat next to you. Look at the seat next to you. That is not just an empty place for your butt. This is the purpose and the call of our life. When I see that seat right there, I don't see an empty seat with some cards on it. I don't see the goal of feeling it for my glory. I don't care. When I see these seats, when I see this place, I see someone who is trapped in hopelessness. I see somebody who has never heard that God loves them. I see somebody who has never encountered the hope and the healing of Jesus. Do you see what I see? I, I don't think we see it. I don't think we see it. Look at this chair. Look at this chair bought all these chairs. We got like 200 of them. Look at these chairs. I'm wasting my time with these chairs. Look at this chair. What do you see? I see your family member. I see your family member. I see your family member. I see that person in your family who you do not think will ever come to know Jesus Christ. I see them. I see them. I see the person who has been rejected by the world. I see the person who has been abused and beaten. I see the person who has been hurt by church and church leaders. I see the person who has been spoken down to and told that they will never be anything. I see God raising them up. I see the next generation. I see a young person right here. In this one, right here, I see a young person that God has a plan and a purpose for. In this one, right here, I see right here your husband. I see him right here that needs to know Jesus Christ that's what I see this is a numbers game because I want more than the devil that's what I see I don't get paid more because you come or your friends come I don't care about that and I would sooner die than let this place become an altar to comfort someone in your life needs to know That they are loved. Someone in your life is considering suicide because they don't feel valued. Someone in your life, in your neighborhood, someone at your work is caught in addiction. Someone that you know, someone at the grocery store that you go to has been told that they are worthless. Someone that you see every day is gonna go to hell and be separated from Jesus Christ for the rest of their life. Do you see what I'm seeing? Church, we're not selling vacuums. Come on. Yeah, that's right. thank God. They're not Tupperware, yeah. Yeah. right? This is not an Amway meeting. Ooh, you, Lord. I mean, if you do Amway, respect. <laughs> this is the kingdom of God. Yeah. We're sharing hope, yeah. and healing, and freedom. Right. And You have the answer. That's right, right, yeah. You know the truth. You have the power of the Holy Spirit within you. You have been given everything that you need. The question is not if you are set. The question is not if there's opportunity. The question is not if there's a place or hurting there's 6 million people in this city. We could fill this place over and over. The question is, will I obey God? Will I obey God? You don't need to live in a guilt around your neighborhood like, oh my God, all my neighbors are going to hell and it's all my fault. No. No. But you do need to ask, Holy Spirit, where are you leading me? Yes. Where have you put people in my life to speak into? And if you don't have anybody, I'll find you someone. Yes. I'll find you someone. I will love Paula. Paula, my friend Paula knows enough people in the valley, she'll find you somebody. And she'll pray healing and they'll be healed. Amen. Can I encourage you today? In fact, whoever's on the band, I don't even know where we are. Whoever's in the band, come up. Let's do that. <laughs> Can I encourage you? Man, church, let's pack the party. Yes, yes. Let's pack the church. Right. Let's pack your small group. Yeah. Let's pack your home around your table. The people would come to know Christ. Yep. Yeah. I started a challenge with a couple guys, Nick, and uh, Nick is so good at this. Nick and, and Dave, and we, we said, okay, you know what? We're going to tell someone about Jesus. We're going to have a true, like, deep Jesus conversation with at least one person a week. Now, on the surface, that might sound easy to you until you have to do it. <laughs> and if you think it's easy, I challenge you, do it. And uh, can I just encourage, you know, the worst thing that's happened so far is I've been telling people about Jesus from every walk of life. Um, I've been murdered. Oh, no. No, I haven't, actually. They just say no, and then they leave. <laughs> and that's it. It's the end of the conversation. Because it's like a free world. Yeah. Like They can just say, no, I'm good. And you say, all right, that's cool, man. And then you just keep hanging out. (laughs) Like it's pretty straightforward. But there's so much opportunity. Because some will say yes. And some will receive the hope of Jesus Christ. And some will receive healing that comes through him. And some will receive that life. And some will say, man, I want to be made new. I want to be born again. See, our prayer is not God send me. Because he's already sent you into your workplace, into your family, into your city, into your nation, and he's already empowered you with the Holy Spirit. Our prayer is, God, stir my heart to obedience for what you have already sent me to do and lead me with your Holy Spirit. I can't do it by my own power. I can't do it by my own strength, but I know you can. God, lead me. I submit and I yield my life to you. Are you still with me, church? Yeah. I broke a couple chairs. It's cool. <laughs> Would you do this with me this morning? Would you grab this top three card you have here? Really practical response today. We made these little cards because it, uh, it helps focus our heart on our priorities. It says on the back, I will be praying for and inviting blank, blank, and blank to join me on Easter Sunday, April 17th at Banner Church. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they have, uh, (coughs) sorry, how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit very simply, place upon my heart three names and then lead me to invite those people to hear about the hope and healing of Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe you don't have their name. You're just like Alberton's check stand person. You see them. You haven't even asked them their name. I'll, step one. Ask them their name. It's on their shirt. But you want to pray together. So I'm just going to invite you right now as Megan plays the piano and just plays over you. Would you bow your heads or whatever you want to do, focus. Grab a pen, whatever you want to do, and invite the Holy Spirit. We pray, Holy Spirit, lead us. You have sent us. Help us right now to respond and stir up our hearts to the people around us. Stir up our hearts. Take our eyes off ourselves that they might be focused on others, that we might bring them in to celebrate the joy of hope and healing that comes through you. Just take a moment wherever you're at. Would you do me a favor? Would you just grab that card and would you stand with me today? And I want to pray over you just as a moment of unity. I know we have our team night tonight. I'm really excited with all of our team members, volunteers to pray together and just believe for great things. I mean, we'll, we'll talk tactically and all that stuff, but really to have a time of praying together and believing. But before we do that, I just invite you to take this card and if you're near your spouse, would you maybe hold hands with your spouse? If you're near a brother or sister or Christ, would you maybe just be shoulder to shoulder arm in arm? Something that symbolizes just a moment of unity together and I want to I pray over you in your life. Yeah, it's okay. We can be near people. If you don't want to be near people, just kind of Like, shove them away. It's okay. (laughs) Take them on wherever you are. And I want us to pray together for a couple reasons. One, I don't want you to feel the weight of this call alone because the church is meant to be there to support one another. But two, I don't want you to feel the weight of this call alone because you've been given the Holy Spirit to fulfill all that God has called you to do. So very simply, I just want you to hold this card in your hand with your eyes closed and your head bowed us to pray together and believe God for so much more and for these people that you have that they would come to know who you are or who the Lord is let's pray God we thank you We thank you that you have rescued us. We thank you that you have given us hope and a life. God, we thank you that there is hope and healing in you. We thank you, God, that though we are sinners, though we have wandered far, though we were lost in our sin and the idolatry of our flesh, you have given us life, and you invite us in to eternal life with you. And God, we commit that we will not keep that to ourselves. God, we commit that we will not wait for someone else to tell our friends about Jesus. But we commit today in this place with one another united as the body of believers to preach the gospel wherever you lead, Holy Spirit. So we pray, Holy Spirit, would you give us boldness, Would you give us strength? Would you encourage us? God, would you strengthen us? Would you give us joy? And God, we even now celebrate that you're changing lives, that you're opening hearts, that you're preparing a way. And God, we also commit to supporting each other. We pray for the person next to us. We pray for the friend or the spouse or maybe the person we're standing next to for the very first time. We pray you would encourage them. We pray you would strengthen them. And we pray that as as they walk in obedience to your call, that they would see their family restored, that they would see their friends renewed, that they would see their city come to Jesus. God, we pray over this place, both here, right now, in this church, and online, everyone gathered, we pray that you would stir it up, stir up a fire in our hearts, stir up a passion in our spirit, that we would see such great revival break out in your church, in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said.
0: Thank you for listening to the Banner Church Podcast. We hope this message was impactful for you. Check the episode notes to visit our website, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you again next week.